Are you a mom launching kids into adulthood? If so, you need to know about my Empty Nest Mom Retreat. It is the gathering for moms who have at least one child over the age of 18 or who have launched them all and have a full empty nest. September 27th through the 29th are the dates, and Cedar Lake Retreat Center in Cedar Lake, Indiana is the place. You can fly into Chicago airports and drive to Cedar Lake in a little over an hour. Come join me. Best Value Registration is available through May 27th, and space is limited to just 100 moms, so don't delay. Check out jillsavage.org slash retreat to register today. It's hard for us to make a decision to be at home or to even to remain at home is we actually don't think of motherhood as that professional option. You know, even our kids growing up or when we were growing up, we might say, you know what? When somebody would say, what do you want to be when you grow up? Usually it was, you know, firefighter, doctor, mother isn't often on there. Welcome to the No More Perfect Podcast, where we talk about the messy, less than perfect, but real stuff of life. My name's Jill Savage, and I'll be your host. I'm so glad you're here. Are you a stay-at-home mom? Do you long to be a stay-at-home mom? If so, if your answer is yes to either of those questions, then today's conversation is for you. I have always had a special place in my heart for moms at home. I think much of that comes from my own journey of being at home with my kids for over 15 years. It was not an easy journey. Much of the time, I learned lessons the hard way. But I felt like it was an important one, and I still feel that it is an important option that needs to be considered for many families. You know, I found myself in full-time motherhood by accident. It did not begin as an intentional career choice for me. Mark and I got married after my freshman year in college. I was just 19. Now, I'll tell you, as a wedding gift, my father said, you know what, if you stay in college, I'll keep paying for your college. But if you ever drop out and you want to return, then you'll be on your own. Well, that carrot was dangled in front of my face, and I was determined that I was going to finish on my father's dime. Now, I found out that we were going to be expecting our first child 11 months after we said I do. (laughs) Now, I took off one semester, talked to my dad, said, hey, you know, she's due in February. I'm just going to take off that semester and then I'm going to go right back to school. And he agreed that that was probably wise and he would continue to pay for my education. And, you know, I left her in several daycare situations. I was always looking for the best care for her. Although at that point, I never considered myself as a candidate. Now, as I began, My senior year in college, we found out that we were adding another little savage to our home. And I finished my year out with my student teaching and actually gave birth to our second on my graduation day. (laughs) Yeah, needless to say, um, they mailed me my diploma. 
So the next season of life found my husband facing four years of school. He wanted to go into ministry. And so he began his schooling. And our perfect plan is that I would work. I mean, I now had my teaching degree. I would work and I would be able to support our family. It was a great plan, except that I couldn't find a job. We were living in a small community of Lincoln, Illinois, and I looked within a one-hour radius of that community, and I could not find a place that was looking for a music teacher. So because we were living on a college campus, it seemed like the most logical thing for me to do was actually to do daycare in my home. I could care for my own children while caring for the children of other students. It was an eye-opening experience for me. Because honestly, I found myself on a steep learning curve. While I was watching other people's children, I found myself more aware of the value of being home for a season of time. I had never once considered what I might be missing when leaving my children in someone else's care. Oh, I thought about the big things, you know, like first steps and, you know, things that no mom wants to miss. But it was really kind of the little things that I began to see differently. I mean, my eyes began to be open because honestly, I was kind of recognizing how short the season of raising children would be. We eventually moved to the Bloomington Normal Community, and I found myself more and more committed to motherhood while my kids were small. So my husband and I talked about it, and we determined that I would stay at home with my kids, with our kids. I would stay at home with our kids until they were in school. We thought that was a really good plan, except that we kept having kids. I mean, we had uh, our first one and then number two came along two years later and number three came along four years later and then number four came along six years later. At that point in time, we had our older one starting to enter her teen years and I was beginning to realize that while she might physically need me less, I mean, she certainly could, you know, do so many things on her own, but she was starting to emotionally need me more. And that began to kind of blow our perfect little plan out of the water. That plan that I would return to teaching when the kids were all in school. And so for the first time, I began to put teaching on the back burner in a more permanent way. We eventually adopted number five, six years after our youngest was born. And I was beginning to actually change what I thought about being at home. Because you see, at that point in time, when somebody would ask me what I did, I would say, well, I'm a music teacher by education. And I even was teaching music on the side. I had a small piano studio in, in my home and, and I taught piano and voice lessons. But all of a sudden, I was realizing that maybe, maybe I needed to think of what I did every day differently. You see, 
I had never once considered motherhood a valid career choice. And that's the truth. It is a valid career choice. Raising a family can be your profession. You know, when I started out on my career track in college, I knew I wanted to be a teacher. That was my goal. What I didn't understand is that it was completely okay for me to change careers. But even culturally, that's difficult. I mean, if I'd gone from being a teacher to being a scientist, that would have been accepted, maybe even applauded. If I'd taken my teaching skills and changed from teaching high school to teaching some other form of higher education, it might have been considered very wise. But to decide to be a mom full-time, wasn't I wasting my education? I mean, isn't that the way that we often think? And isn't that the message that society proclaims so loudly? I actually found the contrary to be true. I wasn't wasting my education. I was applying my skills to a valuable profession. And from the time that I began to do that mind shift for myself, I also began to write about that and talk about that and share about that with other moms because I believe we need to raise the value of motherhood to a higher level in everyone's mind. Whether you're an at-home mom or you're not, I think that we need to consider it a valid career choice. I think we need to call it what it is, a profession, and that those of us who are moms, full-time moms, that we think of ourselves as professionals. I mean, a woman who leaves the paid workforce to become a full-time mother is embarking on a positive and exciting career move. But see, a lot of times we don't think of it that way because we don't think of motherhood as a profession. To send children into adulthood who are morally responsible, who are emotionally mature, it takes an incredible amount of time and energy. It takes intelligence and skill. To run all the activities of a typical family requires an ability to manage the resources of time and money and energy. So we can't devalue the responsibilities of caring for a family. We have to take this job seriously. The profession of motherhood is about devoting your good mind and your exceptional skills to the nurturing of your family. And that is valuable. Why is it hard, though, for women to make the decision to be home for a season of time? I think that there are several reasons. And maybe this will help you sort through some of your struggles. First, it's a challenge to live on one income. I mean, it really is. Our family, you know, we pinched pennies. We learned to love Aldi foods to keep me at home with our kids. We didn't have new furniture. Quite frankly, we still don't have new furniture. We have always driven used cars. And for many, many years, we didn't have cable television, which was really, really big back then when I was at home with my kids. I mean, we didn't have some of the things that we would have liked to have had, but we found it very important to make those trade-offs so that I could be at home with our kids. 
You know, I did a little bit of research, and according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics, a 2017 report indicated that more than a third of married couples with kids are living on a single income. More than a third of married couples with kids are living on a single income. At least in 2017, they were, and that's relatively recently. These are average families making average salaries, living in average homes. Many years ago, I remember reading a column by a local columnist here in Bloomington, Normal, Illinois, where I live. And this particular author said, do we really need two incomes? He was really kind of pushing the envelope. And I remember a question that he asked, and it impacted my thinking in such a big way that I have remembered it ever since. He questioned the concept of the high cost of living by stating that he felt like it was more like the high cost of the way we choose to live. The high cost of the way that we choose to live. It can be a challenge to live on one income. And I know that for some, it is financially impossible. I totally understand that there are extenuating circumstances, but it's not as impossible for many of us as we would be led to believe. But we do need to ask ourselves, is it really about the high cost of living or the high cost of the way we choose to live? That is a question that my husband and I had to ask ourselves over and over and over again throughout the entire time I was at home with my kids. And that's one of the reasons that I think it is hard to be at home because it's a challenge to live on one income. Another reason why it's difficult to be at home is we do question if it's a good use of our time. I mean, what do we accomplish? If you're at home with kids, you understand what I'm asking. (laughs) I mean, what do you accomplish? Because some days it feels like you accomplish nothing. Webster's Dictionary defines accomplishment as something done successfully. Work completed. (laughs) Well, that's a problem for a mom at home. Because a woman in the profession of motherhood doesn't often see success for well over a dozen years. And the responsibilities of motherhood are such that we feel like our work is never done. Our to-do list consists of jobs that never stay finished. I know for me, I always felt like I was in the kitchen all the time. First it was breakfast, then a snack, then it was lunch, then a snack, then dinner. It was constant. I know one mom in my mom's group said one day, all I do is wipe, wipe, wipe. I wipe noses, I wipe counters, I wipe bottoms. (laughs) And that's what it feels like, doesn't it? You see, when we measure our sense of accomplishment against what the world deems as accomplishment, we're actually using the wrong measuring tool. Because raising children needs a different measuring stick to determine our level of accomplishment. We can't listen to the cries of our culture that says that accomplishment comes from a paycheck or an award or a position or a title. And we can't even buy into the belief that accomplishment is a short-term project that stays finished because success in the profession of motherhood comes from changing our short-term goals into one big long-term goal. And that is seeing a child grow into a mature, 
respectful, loving adult. It also comes from understanding the whys behind what we do. I mean, yes, I'm in the kitchen all the time, right? Or yes, I wipe, wipe, wipe. But why? Sometimes we have to, from the perspective of accomplishment, we have to add that why on so that we really do see the things that we are accomplishing. You know, we wipe noses to take care of our children's physical health. We wipe counters to take care of the home that we've been given. We wipe bottoms as an act of love for our children until they can take care of themselves. And yes, we're in the kitchen all the time, you know? You prepare breakfast to give them a good start to their day and lunch to provide for their nutritional needs and a snack to give refreshment and express love and and dinner, okay? Yes, there's the food part, but it's also a time for our family to sit and talk and be refreshed. And we read, we read the same books over and over and over again, but we do that to expand our child's vocabulary and their world. We do laundry to take care of the physical needs of our family. So yes, we wipe and cook and do the things around our home, but we do it for a reason. And that helps us to understand what we accomplish when we remember the wise. When it comes to long-term accomplishment, we may be looking at a result that we won't see for years and years and years to come. But don't lose sight. It's an extremely valuable goal, and it's a worthy profession and accomplishment to commit to. So it is hard to live on one income. Not only that, it's hard to see exactly what it is that we're accomplishing. I think there's a third reason that it's hard for women to make a decision to be at home. And that is that we're the most educated generation of moms that's ever been. I mean, the opportunities and the career choices open to women have never been better. Yes. Is there still ground that needs to be taken in that? Absolutely. But in general, They are college educated. They have college degrees, even advanced degrees. And we've been told that the sky is the limit on career opportunities. And it is. But then our families come along. And suddenly we may have this tug to be with our kids, but we don't know what to do with that work experience and that education. And so it makes it really challenging. And then I think one of the last reasons It's hard for us to make a decision to be at home or even to remain at home is we actually don't think of motherhood as that professional option. You know, even our kids growing up or when we were growing up, we might say, you know what, when somebody would say, what do you want to be when you grow up? Usually it was, you know, firefighter, doctor, mother isn't often on there. So we may not have even aspired to it. And hopefully, if we model that for our kids, there may be a generation in the future that thinks of mother as that possible professional option. Devoting your good mind and your exceptional skills to the nurturing of your family is a good use of your time, your energies, and your education. And if you are an at-home mom, 
I want to encourage you to change your answer to the what do you do question. I think you need to answer it with I'm a wife and a mom and I love my job or I'm a woman committed to the profession of motherhood. You know, when I started thinking of motherhood as a profession, it changed how I approached motherhood. It changed how I handled my days. It changed how I led my children. It even changed how I got dressed every day because I began to think of what I did as more important than it was when I was just answering the what do you do question with, oh, I'm just a mom. That word just is so minimizing. But when I started to answer it with, I'm a wife and a mom and I love my job, or I'm a woman committed to the profession of motherhood, I started acting like a woman committed to the profession of motherhood. That was so important to my frame of mind. And I became a much more intentional mom. In fact, I really illustrated that journey in my my Hearts at Home book. My Hearts at Home, Becoming the Intentional Mom Your Family Needs. That really was my journey of recognizing the opportunities I had each and every day and becoming intentional about them. So it's so important that you understand that motherhood is a profession and that you approach it that way. Now, there were two other pieces to my stay-at-home mom journey that I want to make sure that we touch on because these are places that I see many stay-at-home moms struggle with, mistakes that they make. And I think this is super important for us to understand. The first is that the marriage relationship has to be a priority. I think this is particularly difficult for at-home moms because we're not accustomed to leaving our kids. We're accustomed to prioritizing our kids. And without realizing it, we're so tuned into our kids' needs that we don't realize how out of tune we can be to our husband's needs. And so one of the things that I really had to learn how to do is to move from a mindset of being child-centered to being marriage-centered and recognizing that my kids needed that. They needed that. They needed it, A, because they needed me to be a role model for their marriage someday, that they would actually be marriage-centered, not child-centered. Wife first, mother second, husband first, dad second. So they needed that from a role model perspective, but they also needed it from a security perspective. You see, in a child's world, mom and dad are their world. So when mom and dad are okay, their world is okay. This is so important for us to understand is that when we invest in our marriage, we invest in our children. And you know what? What does that mean? It means that we, we sometimes need to close the bedroom door and we need to make sure that we have conversations that are private without children around. We need to invest in our marriage. We need to be willing to get a sitter or have grandma watch the kids or trade with another couple so that you can have time together as a couple. I'll tell you, in the midst of being at home with my kids, my husband and I were offered a very unique opportunity and it was an all expense paid trip to Rome, Italy. And my first response when we were given that opportunity was I wasn't interested in going. 
I wasn't interested in going for two reasons. Number one, I had a fear of flying. I'd only flown once in my life at this point in time, and I didn't particularly like it. And the second reason was I couldn't imagine being that far from my kids. I was definitely being child-centered. And I remember, I could just remember my husband's face dropping, you know, when I pushed back and said, I I don't really want to go on that trip. I had just been reading a book by Elise Arndt. It was a book called A Mother's Touch and A Mother's Time. She had two books out, and I don't even remember which one I was reading, but one of them had a chapter in it that was titled Wife First, Mother Second. And that just kept ringing in my mind. And I knew that I really needed to go to to Rome, Italy with my husband. We needed to take advantage of this unique opportunity. So I eventually, you know, we talked about it, and eventually I was like, all right. I will, we will do this. And I'll tell you, I struggled with it all the way over there. I cried. I was sure that the plane was going to crash and my children were going to be orphans. I mean, fear was very real. But we got over there and we had so much fun together. And honestly, at the end of our 10 days, it was time to come back. And I was crying because I didn't want to go home. (laughs) I learned a really important lesson on that trip. And that lesson was that a marriage needs time and energy. It needs investment. And you can't do that when you're child-centered. You can only do that when you're marriage-centered. So motherhood is a profession. The marriage relationship has to come first. And then the third thing that I want to impart today that it took me a long time to understand And that is that self-care is not selfish. In fact, self-care is part of your job description as an at-home mom. It has to be. Because you are giving, 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 giving all day. And your tank gets to the place. Your energy tank, your emotional fuel tank, it begins to be depleted. And you have to have some specific ways to fill it back up. And what I find is that most stay-at-home moms have the tendency to wait until their tank is on empty, and then they're trying to fill it up reactively. But it's much easier if you will learn as an at-home mom how to fill up your tank proactively. In other words, you recognize that you need to regularly pull up to the filling station. Now, what is the filling station? I don't know what it is for you. Everybody has a different filling station. If you're an introvert mom, meaning that you are refueled by being alone, then probably your fuel has something to do with being alone. If you're an extrovert mom, which means that you're refueled by being with people, that doesn't always mean little people refuel your tank. You need to be with big people who refuel your tank. Maybe your fuel is going to be being with friends being with other people, other adults that will refuel you. We also need to have spiritual fuel. So being in God's word, spending time with him, that's an important part of self-care. There's the physical side of self-care, eating nutritionally, exercising, and, you know, even even watching the amount of water that you are taking in. I mean, being intentional about getting hydration that you need. So many of those are things that help us to 
take care of the body that we've been given, to refuel the body that we've been given. But nobody is going to hand that to you. You are going to have to plan it. You're going to have to organize it. You're going to have to put it in your schedule on a regular basis. For many years, a friend and I gave each other days off. She was a stay-at-home mom. I was a stay-at-home mom. We picked Tuesday as our day off. So on one Tuesday, I watched her kids all day, and she had the whole day to herself. On the next Tuesday, she watched my kids all day, and I had the whole day to myself. It was a fantastic trade that made all the difference in the world for us in being able to really have a good day of filling up. And then there were smaller fill-ups, smaller filling station stops that we had when we did things that refilled our tanks individually. You know, for me, reading is very refueling. Being alone, I'm an, I'm an introvert. And so being alone, when my husband, I was after we had our fourth child. So at that point in time, my kids ranged from newborn to 12, 13. And I remember saying to him one day when he walked in the house and he said, I, I looked at him desperate. I mean, I was just exhausted. And I said, I want to cut a deal with you. <laughs> he was like, cut a deal with me. I'm like, yeah, I want to cut a deal with you. I want to see if I can have 30 minutes every evening when you get home from work, 30 minutes that I can close the door to the bedroom. At that point in time, we were still getting our news in newspapers. I said, I want to read the newspaper. I want to know what's going on in the world. Sometimes I needed to just close my eyes for 10 minutes. I, I needed just a little bit of a break before we went into the evening with dinner and after dinner activities and bedtime routines, which are huge in and of themselves, I just needed a break. So I asked for it and I'm grateful that he was willing to make that happen. And so we need to ask for what we need. We need to be proactive about putting self-care into our lives because that will help us to remain committed to the profession of motherhood for the long haul. So I hope that's helpful. If you are an at-home mom, I sure would love for you to hop over to the show notes and leave a comment on the show notes and let me know what your biggest challenge is as an at-home mom. What are the places where you get the most discouraged? And, you know, I want to see if we can't address those in some future episodes. If you have never been to my website, this is the first time you've listened to a No More Perfect podcast, or you've been listening for a while, but you haven't headed over to jillsavage.org, I want to invite you to do that. I actually have three free eBooks, three free eBooks for you. And I ask that you would head over there and claim your free eBooks. They are absolutely free. All you need to do is enter your name, your email address, and you can get those free eBooks. One of them is specific for self-care. So there's one on parenting, one on marriage, and one on self-care. And I think it'll take this self-care conversation to a whole new level. Now, go and be a woman committed to the profession of motherhood. Thanks for joining me today on the No More Perfect Podcast. If you haven't already, make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any future conversations. 
You can find the show notes and links to anything we talked about over at jillsavage.org slash podcast. See you next week for another not perfect, but very important conversation about the real stuff of life. Bye.